0: Hey guys, welcome to the show. Uh, Keith, raise a subscribe brand, review to the show. Raise a riffs on Apple Podcast. Subscribe brand, review. We do have a sponsor today uh, on today's episode with Vicky Barbarlak. Uh, Here it goes. Amy Brick, who sponsored the show before, but you know her from Amy Brick with Brick and Company Real Estate, is a real real estate broker who is honest, fair, and most importantly. Well, get your home sold in eight days with multiple offers. If you're thinking about selling, give her a call at area code 562 335 5269 or check out her website at amybrick.com. With over 20 years of experience, she can move you, she could help you make the right move in Southern California. Her uh, real estate uh, booker ID is D R E. 01358129. You can also check it out at amybrick.com. All right, guys. I will repeat that for the folks just now turning in. We do have a sponsor. The great Amy Brick with Brick and Company Real Estate is a real real estate broker who is honest, fair, and most importantly, will get your home sold in eight days with multiple offers. If you're thinking about selling, give her a call at area code 562-335-5269. Or check her out at her website, amybrick.com. With over 20 years of experience, she can help you make the right move in Southern California. Her license number is D-R-E one 9 amybrickcom Now enjoy the show of Razor Riffs with Vicky Barberlack. You're listening to Raza Rifts with Keith Reza and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio.
1: Apologize.
0: Hey guys, welcome to the show. Subscribe right review on Apple Podcast. I'm uh Keith Reza with my with my night wing to my Robin, Victor Pacheco. How are you, Victor?
1: I'm doing great, Keith. Thanks for having me back, man. I super appreciate it. I love being here every time that I'm here and every opportunity you give me, man. It's like really awesome to be here. And thanks you for me. You should tell
0: the folks at home how to spell your last name so we could fix this IMDB gibberish.
1: Yeah, let's fix it right now. Uh, it's actually Pacheco, P as in Paul, A as in Apple, C as in corporate, H as in hexagon, E as in economy, C as in company, and O as in organic. Pacheco, Pacheco, uh, I'm so happy, Keith. I want to thank you for getting me my first IMDb credit from the heart, man. That's like, I could tell you a billion fucking times and it will be from the heart. I'm like, I didn't know I could get an IMDb credit for fucking having a great time with my friend. That's awesome. That's great. Let's if talk I-
0: about that later because our guest is in the waiting room and we have a sponsor we have to plug first. Okay. So uh, thank you for listening to Raise the Wrist with Vicki Barbalak. Our sponsor today is Amy Brick. Amy Brick with Brick & Company Real Estate is a real estate broker who is honest, fair, and most importantly, will get your home sold in eight days with multiple offers. Victor, if you're thinking about selling, give her a call at area code 562-335-5269 or check out her website at amybrick.com. With over 20 years of experience, she can help you make the right move in Southern California. Hey, Victor, you're probably asking me, what's her ID? Her ID is this. Capital D, capital R, capital E, zero, one, three, five, eight, one, two, nine, amybrick.com. Are you guys ready to start rifting with Vicki Barbalak? Woo! All right, we're letting her in. Hey, Vicki. Are you there? Yeah. Oh, hey, Vicki, how are you?
2: I just kept saying the host will join you. So,
0: oh, we, we had to uh, give a shout out to the sponsors. I like to do very that good. before the guests because I always, I'm so intrigued by the guests, I forget the sponsors.
2: That's the most important thing. Yeah. Very smart.
0: Always forget the sponsors, right? That's the most important thing.
2: That is the most important thing. Who are the sponsors of the show today, Keith?
0: Oh, I will tell you, uh, Amy Brick with Brick real estate. She's a real estate broker who is honest, fair, and most importantly, will get your home sold in eight days with multiple offers. Vicki, if you're thinking about selling, give her a call at area code 562-335-5269 or check what, what, out her what website. Of the country,
2: what, what part of the country is she in?
0: Oh, she's in California.
2: And does she work in the trailer park uh, industry or is she just the high level homes?
0: Uh, I, think, uh, I think she works in both. We could call her right. and ask her.
2: All right, because our yeah. trailer—I hear—I hear—my trailer is worth pretty penny right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. And nice. uh, you could also check out her website at amybrick.com. With over twenty years of experience, she could help you make the right move in Southern California. And her ID is D R E zero one
2: 1358129 Listen, her name is Amy Brick, so she could be um, a brick house exactly. seller. <laughs> I'm a brick. Yeah. I'm a brick house seller. I know that's what her must her be. That, that, that's her theme song. Yeah. <laughs> now she could be like, I'm an aluminum house seller. Get it? Because I have a trailer. Okay. Yeah. That's all I have.
0: She, she did want me to tell you that uh, you and her had a friend named Ava, and she said thank you for being a good friend to Oh, her.
2: she was a friend of my darling Ava's. Oh, yeah. oh, I miss her so.
0: So she wanted me to tell you that.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Oh, Ava.
0: Uh, so, Vicky, thank you for rifting with us. Uh, this is the trusty sidekick to my Batman, Victor Pacheco.
1: Hey, Victor. Hey, how you doing, Vicky? Good.
2: Awesome.
0: Vic- Victor told me he saw you at the comedy store in La Jolla, and you just and the the show was terrible. And then you came in and you made it great.
2: Well, that's it's unbelievable. I don't believe it. I'm sure the show was already great. It's just you know, sometimes when I just go in there and you know without my clothes on, that's just <laughs> that's what I do.
1: Oh, that's yeah. how that was that's about- how you get it, yeah. Huh? That was in late July of 2017, and oh my god, I, I went back and I looked, and I, it was not a terrible show. I did not say it was a terrible show. Well, yeah, that I was know. misrepresented. That I was tough. It was, it was. I said it was one of those shows with one of those tough crowds. They, they weren't really giving the comics. They were leaving everyone hanging, and um, that wasn't anyone's fault but the comedian's fault. And so they were already tired before the show started. And, yeah. Um, when you got when you got there, I was like. Oh, she's she's gonna kill it. I know she's gonna kill it. Like I'd never seen you before, but I was like, she's gonna kill it. And I was like, I and I didn't know you. All due respect. And I was watching magic. Oh, that's
2: so nice. That well, that's my home club. That's why I started in that room. That's awesome. No, you
1: were. Oh, it was so great. It was like, and and then. um, yeah it was it was really really great experience to to watch you perform like that and i was like wow so i'm not all like hey do you remember me no 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 you you were already there when there was like three comics already up probably doing like another show and
2: you look but you look so familiar like i've seen you um because we see each other on zoom uh you look like i've seen you around the store in hollywood haven't
1: i uh i've gone there a few times yeah i haven't been there recently because uh Parking has been hard and my Prius is out of commission at the moment. So that's complicated. I mean, I should probably take a bus there. That would be the best parking situation. Yeah. Especially now that
2: pink, pink dots closed, you know, the first time I, I, yeah, they're making a building there, but, um, the dots closed open, but the $10 parking lot, you know, the first time when I was made a paid regular, I go, I go to Hollywood and, uh, I, I always used to park up the Hill or at the dot. And uh, I decided to celebrate my first night as a paid regular and paid for the parking at the Hyatt. And Whoa. I walk, I walk into the parking lot. I said, Bobby Lee was standing there. I go, Bobby, I'm, I'm celebrating this. My first night as a paid regular, I paid to park at the Hyatt. He goes, what, why'd you do that? I go, cause I'm celebrating He goes, This is our parking lot. We have our own parking lot when you're a paid regular. And I was like, holy shit. And I just ran over to the Hyatt. I'm like, can I have my money back? I'm a paid regular. The guy goes, no.
0: Well, he probably already parked your car.
2: Well, I don't know. <laughs> I just left. But that's all right.
0: When, when did you become a paid regular at the world famous comedy store?
2: You know, people always know that date and they know exactly when that happened. And they know the night they became a regular. I can't remember any of it. I don't know anything. Like, I'm terrible with dates, but I think it was roughly around. Um... Oh, let see. I think it was roughly around, uh, 2000, like two.
0: Wow. That's awesome because that's before America's got talent. So you were, oh, yeah. you were already, you know, established as a paid regular at the world famous comedy store.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been doing stand up. I think about three years. And Mitzi came down to La Jolla one night and saw me standing at the bar. I never got on on Sunday because the manager didn't like me, and I was terrible. But I'd been working really hard. But he didn't know it. But I'd still come every Sunday with baked goods. And uh, Mitzi walked in to showcase, and I didn't know who she was or what a showcase was, or what a paid regular was. Yeah. And uh, and they, she just goes, put her on. And uh, and then I went on, and I had a good set because I'd been working so hard at all these bars for years. And even though Fred wouldn't let me on in the uh, open mics. Uh and then she made me a paid regular that night and I didn't know what that was. And it's funny because again, Bobby Lee was in the in the lobby, because he also came out of San Diego and he, he was in the lobby and I go, Bobby, what's a Missy just said I'm a paid regular. He goes, What's that? I go, What's that? He goes, Oh man, you're so late. And he goes, Well, that's great news. You can go to Hollywood, it's huge. And and that's just so funny to me that I had no idea.
0: Well, I wanted to ask you that because like uh I started comedy and in- 2005, 2006, and I never, I never could become a paid regular at the store. I mean, there was Tommy, and then when Tommy left, I thought my chances would increase with Adam because I toured with Norm, so I had that connection with Adam. But it, it didn't really help me at all. In fact, I haven't performed at the store since Tommy. So I wanted to ask your your advice on how to get past those no's and make them a yes.
2: I would just keep going to keep requesting showcases, you know, because like so many people you hear stories like I don't know how many times Howie had to had to go up in front of Mitzi like many times. And so there's like all those stories of that. I get it, though. I mean, sometimes you feel like, oh, what's the point? But the Bible, what did they have to lose? I, so I think you should just keep trying as much as possible whenever you can try to get on, uh, you know, to get on the showcase night. Just keep have
0: you, have you ever married
2: anyone at the comedy store? Just myself, oh. just, just Lou and I got married there.
0: Oh, uh, but like, did you like marry someone else?
2: I've never married anyone else there. No, I didn't.
1: Oh, I oh, love yeah. Lou. I love oh. Lou. He, he made me cry before the showcase because he's playing What a Wonderful World, and I just got so emotional that um, I had to go, uh, I was um, in the back, um having a blunt. And I, and I told him like, I was like, dude, you really made my night even before the show started. And you made me feel so welcome because I was so nervous. And, you know, it's the La-, La Jolla Comedy Store, and I wanted to make a good impression. And Lou was just such a sweetheart of a gentleman of a guy, and I had really good bud. And it was oh, he's fun. gonna
2: take good care of you. Oh, <laughs> he, he was—he
1: was the nicest guy, and it was—it wasn't even about the weed. It was just like yeah. okay, okay, like it was just <laughs> one of those things. Like, no. but but he was such a. Sh- such a good guy. And I, li- I, I like him a lot. So knowing that he, like, he hey, see- that's that's your husband right there. You're, you that's 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 a good that's a good man right there.
2: He can see a good heart. He's a really good guy. Yeah, he's a he does taxes during tax season. So like he's a, doing taxes today. He has a little tax business and uh, so he works really hard for tax season and and uh, doesn't get high during the day. He's just Mr. Mr. Businessman. Dude. Yeah, I he, think he's a, he's a great guy. <laughs> Does he ever get
0: bribes to like lie on people's taxes? Like, Hey, I'll give you a hundred dollars.
2: Don't no. answer
1: that. Don't answer that question. Vicky. No,
2: I can't so been several people incarcerated um, because of Lou's fancy tax work, but um, uh, right. you no, know, we have to, we have to visit prisons on a regular basis and take care of children that are left behind. No, he's like, he always says to people, Hey man, I'll write anything you want. I'll write down anything you want, but you know, if you don't have a backup, you're on your own at the meeting with the fellas in the suits. I mean, I
0: hear, I hear you telling people
2: that all the time.
0: Meeting in the fellas with the suits. Yeah. Mickey, uh, so how has comedy changed for you for, uh, since America's Got Talent? Because I always thought you were a headliner. But then when you got on that, you became a national headliner where everybody knows you.
2: Yeah, I was like, well, you know, because like I... I never had any luck trying to, I didn't try really hard to get a manager or agent, but whenever I did ask people, they always said no. And uh, so I just thought, okay, that's not going to happen for me. And I'm just going to just keep doing stand up. And I just kept hoping something would happen that I'd get to keep doing it. And I didn't know what it would be. And then uh, I went America's Got Talent came along. I, I couldn't believe that they would let me on it. And then the way I could see from the very first show, what happens to you, like, you know, I had like twenty four followers, and then you have two hundred eighty thousand followers, and then two hundred thousand followers. It's just like it's like it's like incredible how instantly that show has such a big reach. It changes it like the industry wouldn't listen to me, but the people did. So it's like a way around the industry. So it was really lucky, and and because I've been doing it so long and and had you know uh and doing it consistently. I mean, I do. I, i did have a lot of material and so i when i got off the show and i was jumping into the tour i mean i was ready for the hour it took it took me a little while to get completely ready again because when you're on america's got talent you do that two minutes for a year and you never can do anything else
0: yeah
2: so but but, but basically it just completely it gave me it gave it made all my hopes and dreams come true because i just kept hoping for some reason i would get to do stand-up comedy in my 60s, and that's what's happening. So I'm just, I'm so grateful.
0: It's amazing how, like, that show now is, like, the new uh, late night, you know? Like, it used to be, like, if you got on a late night set, your career would change. And now it's like, hey, we don't care about the late night sets. We got to get on America's Got Talent.
2: It's so bizarre, you know? And I never, I never even watched it. I didn't know any of its power. I didn't, you know, I never had cable, so i i didn't have it i didn't so I, I never watched it i didn't know and uh it's uh yeah it's true i mean i recommend it to anybody if, if anybody i didn't even know i had a tragic story till i got on i never knew i was tragic.
0: <laughs> oh my god Damn. <laughs> i don't think it's a tragic story i think it's just a story that well know. i mean
2: like you know you you're like oh you know you're you're so old <laughs> and you're like, and you've been working so long, and I kept going. Listen, I I didn't want to say this, but I mean, I sold carpet for 20 years at my parents' carpet store before I started stand-up. I mean, that was tragedy. The last 20 years of, you know, what what they show as struggle for me in stand-up, just because I was poor and lived in a trailer with my kids, we were we were always so happy. So it was like, you know, it it just it was always funny though to me to think about how how they go oh you know vicky you're so sad and you know i'm like yeah yeah i'm really sad yeah.
0: well see i think that that's remarkable though because like you're doing your dream of comedy that you've always done even during the bad times like that's my dream and you know life's bad right now but like i'm still with comedy you know what i mean i don't want to give up so i think that's yeah, right. very inspiring
2: right you just you know it's you know, I think if you want to do comedy, you're. that's just your, that's just a bad, love. <laughs> that's just a curse that happened to you. Yeah. You know, it's like, I always wish I would rather have, I, I wanted to be a podiatrist. God, if, if I would have just wanted to be a podiatrist, but I, you know, I, I can't do math and I'm, I can't do it. I could never have been a podiatrist, but if that would have been my passion, I'm like, why God, couldn't I have been something like that? But if you want to be a comic, you're, you just are, it's, you're just, kind of screwed because you yeah. you it, it's very difficult journey but on the other hand it it doesn't matter cuz the other option is you're really happy cuz you get to do something you love and then as long as you as long as you're able to say if it ends up that I'm just pushing a, sh- a shopping cart will that be okay and literally when I first started and told my parents to sell their carpet store and I I thought I'm going to put my daughters into complete and abject poverty in 5 minutes I just thought to myself, well, if we become beggars, is that okay? I literally got there in my head. Okay, yeah. we could become beggars. As long as i was willing to do that, we can go ahead. And, and um, you know, we never did have to beg, but people did drop off food occasionally. So there's a lot of times when I thought, oh, this was a really bad move. But, but on the other hand, we just, we kept going and we kept having a great time.
0: And you're also jumping into the podcasting world. You were telling me you're about to release a podcast. What's, what's yeah, that experience yeah. like yeah. for you?
2: Today is the big day. It's called Trailer Park Diaries. And uh, uh, I have to thank Al Madrigal at All Things Comedy because he really came up with concept. I had found some diaries and we wanted Trailer Park. And he came up with the name Trailer Park Diaries. And uh, it took forever to get it done. It was it was. Uh, it was, you know, it was like COVID and but my best friend Sean Pulaski and I had a really good time doing it. We spent about a year getting these 12 episodes done and then they spent about another year, like, you know, kind of editing them because they're, they're busy and we're just a couple of broads. But they... <laughs> Sorry, George. Oh George L- we got a lot of George Lopez editing to do this week. Oh, no problem. We just put us on the back. But they, but and, and George Lopez is awesome, and his show is great. But um, but uh, yeah, it finally got out today, and we're very excited. it was, it was funny though? We recorded a year ago, and then on the first episode, we kind of make fun of Ukrainian women. <laughs> <laughs> And, today, and there's nothing we can do <laughs>
0: was that on the first episode
2: yeah it's today we can- <laughs>
0: oh my god i was gonna say you'll have to call out and say you need to edit this quick
2: they can't we already called
0: it's done, called done
2: go, oh shit <laughs> The little thing shanika goes we like we're wondering what this this girl a, this diary we found and the, she fa- her mom's putting a box away and <laughs> i like, what's in the box? And Shanika goes, uh, probably some Ukrainian passports. And I think I said, oh, you've been watching too much 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> <laughs> That's not like, bad. That's not bad. We, we look so insensitive today. Right. I'm Ukrainian, by the way. I am my dad. My dad's first generation born here. I mean, I-, I couldn't be more Ukrainian. It's a fucking nightmare.
0: Yeah, well, at least you might uh, hit the number one charts, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're canceled on our first day. <laughs> Sonic and I are like both throwing up this morning when we're playing it. We're like barfing, and our stomachs are like this. We go, "What do we do?" I'm like, "There's nothing you could do.
0: Yeah. Nothing." Now, Vicky, what's your favorite spot to do on the road now that you know you're doing the five shows compared to the just the one nighters?
2: Oh, I don't know. I used to hate Saturday night first show because it always seemed so easy and it made me angry. And then I realized you're an idiot, Vicki. That's why you've been working so hard. So you get an easy spot, you stupid. So then I started really liking the Saturday night first shows, you know, because it's, it is fun. I was just, I had a really bad attitude about it, but I, I, I kind of like them all. I, I still like the, I still like the, the late night Fridays when people are tired because it could get, you could get really wild and, and uh, just to get them awake. And I feel like that's the most challenging. And I and I know it's a, the one that people hate the most a lot, but I kind of, in general, sort of still cherish it the most, that spot. Hate Sunday night,
0: Ugh. Yeah, Sundays are terrible. Because you never know if uh, the club should just do the comedy show or should go to an open mic, you know what I mean? No, and
2: and sometimes, you're right. And sometimes you have a great time on Sunday. I'm not saying you don't, sometimes you do. And those are such miracles. But a lot, a lot of times it's just, oh, shoot. They just threw it, you know. But but, it you have to do what you have to do.
0: Yeah. Victor, you got a question for Vicky? Uh,
2: yeah. I, um,
1: I actually have a, a couple of questions. Um, uh, what advice can you give to comedians to have a successful television or comedy club audition?
2: I'd like to give me that advice if i
1: had it <laughs> but, but you killed on tv you were like uh, really like I, I i met you at the, i mean i didn't even meet you at the comedy store la jolla but like i, I saw you so i knew who you were but like I, I didn't know you but i felt like i knew you after watching you on america's got talent so it was just like oh yeah she's like so to me you're like oh she seems like one of my crazy theas. Even though though you're not Mexican.
2: I know people always think I'm Mexican. Like uh, a van full of of kids pulled up to drop off my daughter one day and I was standing outside with my other daughter when we lived in a house, not the trailer before a long time ago. And uh, the the girl goes, oh, she sees me standing there and she goes, oh, Emily, I didn't know you were Mexican. (laughs) um, Which I think is a compliment. Um, But the... uh, The thing is, I guess what I would say is the one the thing that when it's it's probably preparation, because when I did do well ever in my life, which was uh, AGT, because it was just hours and hours and hours and hours and countless nights doing those two minutes over and over again and bombing on them every time because they never hit well, because you'd go into a club and people be doing 15, 20 minutes of just riffing and you'd go up with you. And I just I just know I'm only doing my two. Cause I just didn't want to give myself any, any break. So I would just do the two. And by the time I would, nobody would laugh. And, uh, but I just kept doing it. So I guess that the answer is preparation because in the times that I've not done well and really important clinch things, you know, really big things that I've screwed up. It was a lack of preparation. So preparation, probably just preparation. It, it's disciplining yourself to really know what you're going to do. And once you really know what you can do, then you can let it go.
0: What about confidence though? Because it seems like you have a great confidence you know, in your comedy.
2: I think that that just comes with like time and work. And and I, I mean, I still, I mean, I'm still like everybody else. I think all of us still, most of us feel like some little part of it that we don't deserve any of it. And we're just, they're gonna find out about us that we're not really good. So I think that's in the back of uh, most artists heads. And so once you, you know, you just kind of go, okay, that might be there, but you know what? That doesn't get to win today. What has to win today is the, the, you know, like Steve Martin said in his book, Uh, Born Standing Up, up, he said his plan was to get so funny that people couldn't ignore him. And that was my only plan too. And uh, then I thought, well, maybe uh, he was wrong about that one. (laughs) People kept ignoring me, but, but anyway, I think that at, at some point, and he also said that the comedy is an agreement between you and the audience that you're funny. And so once you stand there in that, that knowing that you're funny, you know, like the other night I had to follow Mark Maron and he's been, he was just doing a bunch of theater tours. And yeah, I just heard him interview Keith Richards. And then I have to follow him at the store the other night in the main room and he was just murdering. And I'm sitting there going, hmm. Now, am I going to, you know, just shit myself here? Am I just going to, you know, and, and I'm like, no, you know what? The radio turns off, he's gone, and I'm up there, and it's my turn. And and it went great until the very end when um I exited the stage and managed to uh get the cord of the microphone wrapped into my big drag queen boot and knocked the mic over as I got up <laughs> big Spencer. But other than that, it was great.
0: <laughs> so you made it hard for Bobby Lee to follow you. God.
1: Literally. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's
1: that's still a great performance by the way yeah uh, if, if that happens it's just you know maybe not oh. the best tape but still a great oh, performance I'm
2: still, the, I'm still like still cringing of that you know because like chris <laughs> spencer's all, my hero and fucking mark maron and then i'm knocking the fucking mic down with it literally looped the cord of the of the uh of the mic into my boot, and then I'm walked up two steps, still dragging it, not knowing it. And Chris Spencer goes, "Come back here." I go, "What?" And he goes, and then right when he said that, the thing went down.
0: <laughs> At least the boots were still getting laughs, right?
2: Yeah. Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> we do, we we do a difficult task. I mean, yeah. we're not surgeons or something, but we it is. It's not easy. <laughs> it's
0: not. No, it's very very tough. It
2: I wanted totally to- fun though.
0: I wanted to ask you, like, uh, how did uh, your work, like, change a lot with America's Got Talent, I'm sure, compared to where you're struggling to find work? Like, is it easier for you now?
2: Yeah, yeah, because I got agents, you know, and stuff, and they book me, and yeah, and people want to see me, and they still do, and even though I was on it, like, almost five years ago, so yeah, it's really, it's, uh, it's great, so, and, you know, I get, like, more, um, know like a you know some crazy bookings that I'm so grateful for yeah so yeah it's a it's um you know it's still a lot of things I get turned down for no problem with that but um I get I get you know it, yeah there's still I think there's still some like hesitant uh, uh reluctance to book me just because I'm older you know, I'm 64 now and they go, Oh wow. You know, I just, I just think there's some hesitation, but um, not that much. So I'm really grateful for all the work that does come in and like, I've got some great things coming this summer and uh, yeah. And, you know, we all were down for a while, but uh, I, I worked really hard with an editor and we worked for a year and a half on my book and we just are finishing that. So I'm happy about that.
0: How, how long did it take you to write a book? Cause I'm writing a book and I'm only on chapter one and I've been doing it for like 10 years.
2: I was exactly that way. Really? I, I was working about eight years and every time I'd get something done, I I'd, I'd think, Oh, this is shit. And I throw it away, throw it away, throw it away. Start again, start again. And then uh, Julie kid, my friend, uh, who's funniest a
0: good- housewife.
2: Yeah, exactly. She's a good friend of mine and she's written like six books and her mother was a writer. So she, uh, agreed to be my co-writer about, we, we started about 18 months ago and we wrote every day, Monday through Friday from 11 to one. And then I I also wrote ahead of her, ahead of those meetings. And then we'd write like one weekend day. And it was like, she was a great taskmaster. And so it took about 18 months. And right now it's a part where we're sending out to different people to read and then we're <clears throat> going through it again. So yeah. like we met today we meet again tomorrow it's 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 very it's like the I don't know how chelsea handler every time she belches she writes another book i don't get no. it
0: yeah <laughs> i i asked her to do this podcast and she said she can't cuz she's writing a book
2: Hilarious. I like,
0: yeah i was like you can't take a half hour break guess not
2: I'm excited that she's writing her 89th book. Way to go, <laughs> Kelsey.
0: Victor, you got any more questions for Vicky?
1: Yeah, actually, I do. Um, I have a question. So when um, Mitzi Shore noticed you at the comedy store, uh, what kind of things would she tell you to uh, for you to develop into the hilarious
2: comedian that you are today? Well, she I was really lucky because... I, she really did take me under her wing so she saw me that first time in La Jolla then I came to Hollywood about two weeks later to do that OR and I, I just was like I had never spent any time in the OR I didn't know what and what the OR is which is it's, a, it's a, a beast of its own with its magical powers and I I just I like I just got really washed out and then uh, I went over to her after my set, and she just shook her hands like she just shook her hands at me up and down. Like it was before she had like Parkinson's thing going on, but so she, she just like was going. She just looked at me and she shook. She goes, "Go back to La Jolla. Keep working." And she just basically told me, "Build it up, build it up, get get bigger, and um and come back." So then I I went back home and I I thought, "Oh my God, I really blew it," but. But but now I, I got to work in La Jolla whenever I wanted the, because they had to put me on because I was a regular. So I got to work out there a lot. And then I think about six months later, I called Hollywood and uh, and she. She said, why? Why did you take so long to call? Like, you know? <laughs> and then she uh, she had me over to her house for lunch and she uh, she had me on at the main room that night at nine o'clock to open it. No, she had me back on an OR at like 9.30, third up. And I had a really good set. And, uh, and then from then on, she would put me in the main room every night at nine o'clock to open it, to make me struggle. And then about every three months, she'd put me at the third or fourth spot. And then she'd go, I just wanted you to know where you really are. And then the next week I'd be back to nine o'clock. And that was like four years. But but she uh she just kind of she would you just kind of knew that her her hand was on you and what and what what she what, and then when you I kind of started to to grow really stronger, she she was really happy and uh, and and when e, e True Hollywood stories came to the store, she wanted me and Chris Rock to be the featured comics and I was so happy. Yeah. Um but she, uh, yeah, she was really, you know, amazing. But she's still she was with me.
0: You also uh, took a comedy class from her daughter. Like, so would you say like that helped you get in the two?
2: Yeah, I, I, I was. Ne- I would never have thought of doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. And I was in the bathroom one day, and there was, there was this thing sticking out of the trash can. It said "comedy class." I pulled it out. And it was the picture of, you know, it was like a comedy store logo and everything. And it said Polly Shore's sister. I didn't know. who it, I think it might have said Mitzi's daughter, but I don't think it even said that. To the Polly Shore sister, Sandy Shore teaches stand up. And I'm like, oh, and I just had this feeling I should do this. And because uh, I always love making people laugh. It was the only thing that ever mattered to me. But um, so I, I took the class. And when I walked in, I brought three big books so people would think I was smart. Like, I didn't even know what the books were and uh and I I sat down by myself and but then I, m- I met these guys there four guys that are still my friends and uh I and Sandy had just been um abducted by aliens and trans uh, made an alien dictionary so in case you were ever abducted you could know how to talk to him and so I was I really knew I was in the right place and uh know and she she was a real character and but she she was really good to me and she goes you know i think you have a special talent nobody ever said anything to me like that and uh and so i was i will always be grateful to her and uh and she passed away and uh i she passed away like not speaking to me and i'll never um i'm so sad about that but um one night she I used to work her graduation classes after you know I was doing comedy a long time and I would come host her graduation classes and one day my daughter Emily was going to have a baby in 29 palms and I called Sandy I said I can't host your class tonight because I got to go take care of the kids because Emily's going to have a baby and she goes well if you do that if you go do that I'll never speak to you again oh I I go well okay okay but then I always thought we'd make up or I'd call her and then I didn't. And then uh, she died suddenly and I was devastated and I was at her funeral and uh, this girl, we both know, she knows her really well. She said that Sandy watched me all the time on AGT and was really proud of me. And that made me really happy, but it just kind of taught me, like if you ever have a friend or you're on the outs with, you know, if you care about them, you know, you better try to fix it. Yeah. You know, at least make an attempt.
0: Yeah, well, no, I mean, I was actually just telling Victor this because I did his podcast earlier. Because I toured with Norm for eight years, and I was telling him like it wasn't all just fabulous friendship. Like we had a lot of fights too, and I'm just glad that, uh, you know, we weren't fighting when he passed. You know what I mean? So that's just what I was
2: thank saying. Thank God. Like,
0: thank God. Right? Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Sorry you you. about that. Oh, no worries. Uh, It happens to everybody. Uh, Before we go to the last questions, I have to mention the sponsor one more time. Uh, Amy Brick with Brick and Company Real Estate. She's a real estate broker who is honest, fair, and most importantly, she'll get your home sold in eight days with multiple offers. If you're thinking about selling, give her a call at area code 562-335-5269 or check out her website at amybrick.com. With over 20 years of experience, she could help you make the right move in Southern California. Her license number is DRE01358129.
2: She's a brick. House seller. <laughs> She's a brick. House seller. Yes. Come on, boys. Yes. Join me. Come She's on. She's a mighty minor. House seller.
0: I don't know the rest of the song. Just yeah. Let it all hang out. I'll
1: sell seller.
0: She's taking down the office.
1: No, no. I'm friends with her on Facebook and she puts up those listings and they are gone so quick. And no BS. amazing?
2: I mean, that's another job, realtor, like, because you have to be so positive. Like, if I was a realtor right now, I'd say, oh, there's nothing for sale. I quit.
1: <laughs> oh my god yeah same here I, I don't or i'd have to smoke a lot of weed before i went to work to fake that Can you imagine happiness. that you
2: just be all stinky for your fancy <laughs> client oh sorry I, I forgot to file those papers ma'am the offer <laughs> was lost somehow
1: <laughs>
0: uh, Vicki I wanted to ask you about Podcasts is like uh, Because you're you're starting to do more interviews And stuff would you say like that's a good Game changer for comedians right now To do their own podcasts and interview Other artists too
2: Yeah I think we yeah. should do all that shit I was thinking today what was it was Like to be a comedian 20 years ago Because I had to spend like all morning on the computer Can you imagine being like a comedian Like 30 years ago okay there's none yeah. of this shit None of it and you just show up at a club and they, I mean, the pros and cons, I'm sure. But the bottom line is, I guess the my my friend who's a psychic, she tells me, if you push away all this technology and she looks at me in the face, like it's, she's talking to me because she is, right. if you push away all this technology, you're pushing away your success and you're per- intentionally doing that. So you need to get involved. So, I mean, that's the thing we, I and I lost my social media guy because he got a real job. So I have been limping through my own social media for the past few months. And it's been like such a struggle. But I mean, you can do it. And I actually did hire a new social media person today. But even just having somebody and then giving them everything, it's worth doing because you, the, the, it's, like I, it's, it's a gift in so many ways because all of a sudden the whole world can see you. It's yeah. like when we, we used to wish for that. Now we have it. So why do we love it? So yeah, I think every time somebody, if if it, it it's it's difficult to find enough hours in a day, but it, it to be seen to be heard, it's worth it, you know.
0: Well, I'm glad the psychic lady told you to do razor riffs.
2: She said it especially, she said especially <laughs> one that starts with the two R's. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and spelled riffs wrong.
2: She said that. <laughs> She's really good. <laughs> Georgia King, Circle of Life Evolution.
0: <laughs> Victor, you got any last second questions for Vicky?
1: Yeah, this is my uh, last question. Um, Vicky. so you've been doing comedy for a while and I wanted to know how has standup comedy changed for women in comedy?
2: Yeah, good question, Victor. It is such fantastic news to tell you that it is so much better. I mean, uh, it's uh, when, there was hardly there was hardly any women when I started, and uh, so people would say women aren't funny. I'm like, it's volume, dude. There's just not enough of us to prove we're not funny. Every night I come here, there's sh- ten shitty dudes, two good ones. Well, right. if you only have two girls, and nobody's good. They think nobody's good. So it's like nobody can say women aren't funny Jesus. anymore there's a huge amount of women in the world doing it now and um and uh, it's wonderful there's still some you know there's still some like you could feel it you could feel it in some men they look at you like hmm you feel it like it, like you know uh you know i see a woman pilot i think twice i get it you know so it <laughs> oh my god <laughs>
1: No, I usually hear surgeon, not pilot. That one's No, no the reason about
2: the pilots <laughs> is that new uh, Boeing seven thirty seven that they modified. I heard you have to be like a gorilla and I lift that thing up when it goes into the nose dot. So that's why I'm saying that. <laughs> oh but, my um, God! I,
1: don't, I had no idea. No idea. Well, no I idea. read
2: that up. No, I'm only kidding. I heard that. So, um, <laughs> but, and, I, 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 and I'm joking I, about women pilots, with the exception of the seven thirty seven thing. But uh, there is, there you know you you still can feel the superiority at certain, you know, men that you just smell it on them. And you go, you just smell it when they walk by you in the hall of the comedy store, they go. But those are those are the very few. Those are the very few dinosaurs. I think most guys are really opening up. And, and you know, we all evolve. But yeah. the, the attitude towards us from other comics has been vastly corrected in the last, like, five years, I'd say. And then in the general world, people are just dying to hear women comics. Wow. Yeah. So that's good.
1: I've always thought I've always thought uh, women were funny because my mom's hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. And she's never tried to be a comic or presented herself on stage. She's just really witty and she doesn't even know it.
2: Women have to be better at communicating because from the days of the caves, you know, we have to be we have to talk our way out of shit because we can't fight our way out of shit. And so we and we also I think we do have a higher sense of humor. It's like even sociologists have even looked at that and sort of like done studies of it. And I, I believe that we dudes will laugh at anything. And I kind of have a dude sense of humor. I'm a big fart <laughs> joke girl, but I mean, women, you got to give them a little more.
0: Yeah, and, absolutely.
2: Um, oh my so, God. Yeah.
0: And then Vicki, my last question for you is, are you, are you training yourself to prepare for like a Netflix special? Like, or is that in the future that we want to do?
2: Yeah. I, d- I just taped something in Las Vegas but it turned out really poorly because you know when people do things for free you know <laughs> they, they get what you pay for so the, the recording was really terrible but um, but I'm actually um, yeah'm I'm, I'm, I'm planning on I can't even say what it is right now but yes
0: yeah. Okay. Now, where can the folks at home subscribe, rate, and review to your podcast?
2: Oh, thank you. Please look at Trailer Park Diaries. And it's on all things comedy, but it's on all the podcast places. Trailer Park Diaries. Please mention how rude we were to the Ukrainian women today. No, don't mention that. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I I think uh, it's a very unusual podcast. It's very unusual. And we had a really great time doing it. So I hope people will like it. It, it It's pretty raw. I mean, I'm like, oh my God, did we talk about fisting today? Yes, we
0: managed to do that. <laughs> and where can the folks at home follow you?
2: Oh, and all the places, like all of the social media, the Twitter, Facebook, Insta, everything is like Vicky Barbalak, pretty much.
0: Awesome. Well, Vicky, thank you for saying yes. And I'm glad we finally got to do it. Seven it's my pleasure.
2: Later. You guys, thank you so much. And um, yeah, that's how I roll—slow and roll. It's a really great podcast. Congratulations! Go and showcase at the store. Keep doing it. Right. Don't give up.
0: Well, thank you, Vicky. It really meant a lot to us.
2: Thank you so much, and thank you, Victor. You guys oh, are the best.
1: Thank you, Vicky. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you.
2: See you soon. Bye.
1: You soon. Bye. Bye.
0: All right, guys, so subscribe, rate, review to the show, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And follow Vicky. And her new podcast. Victor, you got anything you want to tell the folks at home before we uh,
1: log out? Yeah. Um, check me out at hispanictitanic.com or Puro Papi Pacheco on all social media.
2: All um, right, guys. <laughs> Hispanic Titanic! I love it!
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a real website, too. People are like, are you serious? I'm like, so yes. Funny. Yes. It's like, what's that fat Mexican guy's name on stage? The fat you, Mexican guy. He was his biggest...
2: Like a graphic with a little band playing on your shoulder while you go into a bathtub.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh my god! Thank I I fucking love you. Thank you so much, Ricky. That's so. See fun. you
2: later, Bye. <laughs> right. Have a good one. See you later. <laughs> uh,
0: that was, that was the show. With uh, that was great. Uh, we got I got to mention the sponsors before we head out. Absolutely. Today's episode of Raise the Wrist with Vicki Barbalak is brought to you by Amy Brick with Brick and Real Estate. She's a real estate uh, broker who is honest, fair, and most importantly, she'll get your home sold in eight days with multiple offers. If you're thinking about selling, give her a call at area code 562-335-5269 or check out her website at amybrick.com. With over 20 years of experience, she could help you make the right move in Southern California her license ID is dre 0 one 3 5 8 one Victor, thank you for rifting with me today. Thanks
1: for having me, as always. Always All a pleasure. Right. Always fun. So we'll <laughs> thank s- you.
0: We'll see you guys next week. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, write, a review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Raza Riffs. I am also on Stereo, if you would like to chat with me there, www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.